0: Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive and I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for sh- thank you so much for joining me for this podcast today. I want to talk about a popular psychological model that is in our culture today that many Christians, churches and corporations love and they enjoy and they implement it as a way of understanding people. And what I want to do is I want to compare that psychological model that was created in our secular culture, I want to compare it to the sufficiency of Scripture. And I want to give you a practical case study so that you can see the practical wisdom of God's Word in comparison to the things that our culture creates in order to understand themselves well. Now, what I don't want to do is I don't want to bash this or to speak in an unkind way about this psychological method or anybody that uses it. For those of you who have listened to me long enough to know that I, I do have a a slight intolerance toward a lot of biblical counseling because it can come across as arrogant and harsh, and I don't want to be that. It's one of the reasons that I steer away from biblical counseling systems and organizations, even though I am a part. But it is a part of some, but it is a low-key thing on my radar because I'm just a little bit cautious because one one of the common types of issues or complaints that comes to our ministry and has been for many years now is the harshness and the lack of tolerance that, or, or the lack of wisdom in knowing how to confront models that are different from a sufficiency of Scripture worldview. I call it a, a whack-a-mole practice, meaning that when the mole sticks his head up out of the ground, you hit it over the head with a mallet. And I don't want to come across that way, but yet also don't want to throw biblical discernment and wisdom out the window and so we need to be able to critique those who have different views and perspectives and even theologies than what we do. But we want to make sure that we do that with humility and discretion and always self-aware that anything that we have that may be correct, is it was given to us by the Lord. And so we have not attained anything special apart from the grace of God. But still yet, a sufficiency of worldview scripture up uh, view perspective, is the perspective that all Christians should hold. God has given us everything that we need to know about life and godliness. And so let me jump into this podcast. Now, if you want to read it, as always, go to our website. And in this particular podcast, the article on the website is a little more than 2,000 words. I have a video. I have maybe five different articles linked inside this one and so if you want to do a deeper dive into this idea of how secular psychology uh, intersects and confronts biblical psychology then i would love for you to do that deeper dive and read these other articles or listen to the podcasts that are connected to them and i trust that you too will see the wisdom in a sufficiency of scripture worldview as you go about helping others and the sphere of discipleship the title of this podcast and the article on the website is the shallowness and incompleteness of the disc model disc is d i s c disc disc is one of a it's one of out of a out of hundreds of psychological creations that the non-christian world has developed to understand themselves and the reason for that is Everyone has to believe something. It it makes sense for our unbelieving counterparts. If they are going to reject a sufficiency of Scripture worldview, which the unbelieving world has done, then of course they are going to create a system of thought that would enable them to live well in God's world. And so DISC, D-I-S-C, is a behavioral assessment tool. It's based on the DISC theory of psychologist William Marston, which centers on four different behavioral traits. Those four different behavioral traits are dominance in one quadrant, influence in another quadrant, steadiness in a third, and compliance in the fourth uh, quarter. Now, in this article, I have an image that shows how to understand these four traits through their model And in this graphic here, it also has descriptors about each feature. Now, DISC is one of a thousand psychological creations. You see, everybody has to, as I said, everybody has to believe in something. Because if they didn't, there would be vacuums in their thinking that, well, it would leave them hopeless, Let me give you another illustration outside of the psychological world. Take the idea of creationism, which is what we believe. Well, again, the world rejects the Bible, but they can't live in a vacuum of nothingness. And so they have to come up with their own system of thought in order for them, and I put this in quotation marks, to make sense out of God's world. And so what did they come up with? Well, evolution. Evolution is one such theory developed for those who reject the truth claims of the Bible, specifically as God, as our Creator. Now Paul talks about this in his opening statements in the book of Romans. In fact, verse 25 in chapter 1, he said that they, the culture, the pagan world, the unbelieving world, they have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Making up stuff <laughs> is what—it's what unbelievers do. And so I don't fault them for that. I really don't. I get it. And by the way, you should do. And that is why you should have a humble approach, even though you should have courage to dissect and and be able to defend the truths of God's word. But with humility, because again, as Paul said, what have you received that was not given to you? It is only by the grace of God that you have a better way of thinking about all things. Once upon a time, I was an unbeliever. And so I understand the logic. I understand the process. I understand the need to create ideas so we can have faith in something. That's not the part that I really struggle with. The sad part for me is when the Christian community imbibes, embraces, propagates pagan belief systems. DISC is one such belief system that is purported to help us understand ourselves, and that is the question that I want to delve into in this podcast. As I mentioned, I have other articles linked inside of this one, and one of those articles is titled, Why All Other Psychologies bow at the foot of the Bible. Now, in that article, I want to read a brief snippet about this idea of my, my mystification as to why Christians imbibe on secular systems. But in that article, I do a comparative study of Alfred Adler and what he believed the secular psychologist what he believed, and I compare that to the sufficiency of Scripture worldview. Here's a quote from that article, Why All Other Psychologies Bow at the Foot of the Bible. I say this quote, "...the thing that confounds me is why would a Christian study Adlerian psychology when he can find the good in Adler's teaching in God's Word?" Since the truths of Adler taught were written 2,000 years before Adler was born, it's really saying anything good and right that we come up with, you can trace it back to Scripture. Why not go to the source? the quote continues, of sound teaching rather than a diluted version of the learning. We seem hell-bent on finding sources outside the Bible to help us with life's most perplexing problems when the Bible presents all the solutions we need for those issues. I'm not altogether sure why Adler would have any appeal for a Christian, unless... The Christian does not know how to bring God's Word to practical solutions for their problems. This last sentence here is critical, and I do think that is the crux of the matter. You see, I've had more than one pastor go to the mat with me as they defended the disk system. But as I've talked to many of these pastors, I find an irony and a sadness of how they love God's Word. I don't think that any pastor who has defended the dis-, dis system does not love God's Word. But as you begin to interact with them, and as you go behind the curtain of their lives, you do find a common denominator with many of these pastors who defend secular psychologies, and that is that they have a weak understanding of sanctification, meaning, practical theology. But let me be careful here. As you begin to unpack their lives and you see their weak understanding and practice of theology as evidenced by dysfunction in their marriages and their families, I am not saying that familial dysfunction in these pastors' families is always the case, but I will say this. It has been a majority report with many ministry leaders that I have encountered who defend secularized psychologies, and so I'm not saying this in an absolute sense, but as you begin to talk about people or talk with people and interact with them And in this case, I'm talking about ministry leaders who defend secular, psychological approaches in many, the majority report of those cases. You will find familial, whether it's in their marriage or their marriage and children, dysfunction that they they haven't led well because they do not know how to have to bring practical theology from the Bible into their marriages and their lives. Many of these leaders have received excellent training in theology, for which I am grateful. But when it comes to practical theology, the application of theology, they are typically weak, for which they compensate by cherry-picking untenable and popularized psychologies in the culture. DISC is one of those psychologies. Someone asked me recently, and it's not an uncommon question, is how come pastors don't have a more thorough understanding of practical theology. And I I told that person that we want to be careful here as we think about them, because in order to have a thorough understanding or a competent understanding of practical theology, you really need four years of training like equivalent to a theological degree, to be that well-rounded and well-grounded. You see, pastors go to college for four years to get a theology degree. They may go a couple more years to get an MDiv. They may go beyond that to get a PhD in some version of theology. But all that does is give them the knowledge they need to preach well But in all of that training, they don't have practical theological training. They may have a a pastoral counseling class, a practical theology class. That's a class. That's a semester. But in order to understand and, and to be competent in this idea of sanctification, you need equivalent training. And so that's one of the reasons we want to be careful as to how we think about leaders who just have not been equipped at the same level in which they have been equipped in theology. Now, if you only have one choice, well, the choice is to be equipped in theology first. That is always primary. The application of theology is second. It has to be second because well, it's the application of theology. And so if you don't have sound theology, there's nothing to apply. And so what happens a lot of times within churches and pastors is they cherry-pick. They cherry-pick untenable and popularized psychologies in the culture because that's just what they do, and DISC is one of those psychologies. Now, the reason I'm writing about this now is is, here's my motive behind this, my real motive, is that my children are receiving a DISC education at their high school, which is the school's attempt to help them understand the human condition. And, of course, as you might imagine, they are fascinated by it. I understand that. When I was that age, and specifically, when I was not a believer, I remember how much I enjoyed Tim LaHaye's Four Male Temperaments. You might not be familiar with that. I'm not recommending that book at all. Don't read, don't, don't bother to read it. But what he did is he studied the male temperament and he came up with these categories. The categories are sanguine, choleric, phlegmatic, and melancholy. And I love that book. And I read it again. I was a pagan, it made sense to me. And by the way, I tested out as a phlegmel a mixture of a phlegmatic and a melancholy. I've always been fascinated by psychology, before and after salvation, and LaHaye's method appealed to me. I mean, why not? I didn't understand biblical psychology, so I naturally gravitated to what was hot at the time, what was accepted, what was easy to understand. The natural man doesn't understand the things of God, but when I read about a sanguine and choleric and melancholy and Phlegmatic. Made sense to me. And by the way, those are super cool names. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a phlegmel or a senmel or a call fleg? I don't think I want to be a call fleg. I can't even say that one well. One of the main reasons these types of personality testing methods are so popular, here's a ulterior motive that a lot of people won't sense, won't perceive, the truth is we're fascinated with ourselves i have an article here titled personality tests are like psychological selfies let's be honest when you take these personality tests it's like a psychological selfie it reveals what we want revealed about ourselves while feeding our desires for self consumption we love hearing about ourselves and we when we can assess ourselves in, in such a way that highlights what we want others to perceive it's a perfect world you might want to put that in quotation marks. And we are told the more we esteem ourselves, the more psychological healthy we will be. So why not look into the psychological selfie and take a psychological test so that we can be a phlegmel or whatever it is that we want to be. Now, I have several problems with these secularized, psychologized systems, and I want to share with you three of the most challenging issues, and they are this. Number one. None of these tests, none of these systems will give you an understanding of the soul, the non-organic spiritual part of a person's life. Number two, they do not factor in the doctrine of sin, specifically total depravity. Number three, They do not teach how you can change into Christ-likeness. If you have a system of thought that doesn't understand your soul accurately, it doesn't factor in the doctrine of sin, and it can't help you change to Christ-likeness, then you need to drop it and find something better. The only thing these systems can do is give you new descriptors that tell you what you already know about yourself, your external self, by the way. It told me I was a phlegmel, but if you would have laid out what a flagmel is, I would have told you I was that anyway. It didn't tell me anything new, and it didn't help me to be anything. It only affirmed that this is what I am. It didn't understand my soul. It didn't teach me about the doctrine of sin. It didn't change me into Christlikeness. It just gave me new words. I could put on a t-shirt, hi, I'm flagmel. These systems reclassify in their unique language your representative, that person you present to the world, hoping that it will be more acceptable than the real person inside of you that you know yourself to be. Because of our abiding Adamic shame, we try to keep the real person who lives inside of us hidden behind our fig leaves. Now, some will argue that the DISC method will tell you enough of what you need to know to understand a person. This is a pragmatic perspective at best, and a pragmatic perspective is enough to hire and place someone in the best possible fit within a work environment. That's what they will say, but that is not true. It may be a quick, easy, and pragmatic way of gaining information about a person, about an external person, but it's not a biblically wise way to hire anyone. The DISC method will only give you the external traits of a person, not an understanding of a person's soul, not the layers, not the contours. And if you, if you have not gained an understanding of the internal workings of a person's non-organic spiritual self, you do not know that person. You do not know that person. All you have ascertained is a person's primary strengths, which, by the way, those strengths can detach themselves and and mask themselves from the, the insidious total depravity that is festering inside of them. You can be externalized fantastic strengths, while masking your total depravity. This perspective that I'm communicating to you is the beauty and the bestialness of Lucifer, who appears to be an angel of light on the outside, but is full of deadly poison on the inside. Jesus taught that we ignite and mature and direct our traits, our behaviors from our hearts. He also said we can mask our true selves while presenting another kind of self, a false self, to the world. This problem makes the DISC method a dangerous method for understanding people. DISC cannot discern the motivations of the heart. DISC cannot reveal a person's true identity. But if all you want to understand is a person's primary personality traits, While ignoring how the doctrine of sin or how complicated that person's fallenness will rile up and compete with another person's evil? If you're not interested in that, then DISC could be the system for you. Now, I want to illustrate this concept. Here's the case study that I mentioned earlier. I have a friend who happens to be a teenager who happened to score high on the dominant side of the DISC assessment. And she loved the fact that she is not dominant. By the way, she already knew it, like me. I already knew I was a flag male. You just gave me new words to think about what I already knew. She already knew she was dominant. It was like looking in the mirror. She felt affirmed, by the way, by reminding herself of the things that she loved about herself. You know, type A. DISC did not accomplish anything redemptive or restorative with my friend. It's like plugging the numbers F29C1F. That is the RGB color code chart for the color yellow. The color yellow is F29C1F. That's redundant and unnecessary. All you have to do is look at the color. It's yellow. You don't need a disc assessment to learn. She has has dominant characteristics. Just talk to her for 30 minutes. She's domineering. The sad part about this girl is after you learn the real story that is happening inside of her heart. If you do, if you DISC won't do this for you, but the Bible will. And if you could go behind the curtain, what you would see is she's a fearful and angry teenager who is using her personality strengths to mask and compensate a ton of hurt that has captured her heart. Her God-given power is the ability to lead. It has a God-given strength, an ability to lead, which is a synonym for dominate. But her Adamic weakness is that she is a shame-filled, fear-ridden, fig-leaf-wearing little girl who is relationally dysfunctional. That's what's behind the curtain. That disc would never ferret out. Her most significant need is not a disc assessment that pumps her self-esteem by telling her what is already apparent. What she needs is an older lady of the church to come alongside her to help untangle her heart. If this teenager does not change as she grows into adulthood, someone could hire her based on her, quote, external leadership skills while missing the lack of, quote, leadership skills in the heart. That outcome would be unfortunate because she will take charge. Ironically, she is a straight A student, which also works to her disadvantage. She has to make straight A's. Because she has to be in control, on top, always working from a position of strength which feeds her need to dominate others. She is a win-at-all-cost kind of girl because she's running from a world of hurt that has entangled and captured her soul. Her high D on the DISC assessment, her high D personality trait, and her straight A's are two things that people like about her. But it's those things that will make her a corporate risk and relational liability within a team environment. With more time listening to and talking with her, you begin to perceive the darker layers of her soul, the things that feed her ambition to be on top. Let me give you a short list of some of these hidden idolatries, these these inner complexities of her soul that would never come out on a DISC assessment. For example, she gossips, which is one way she feels superior to others. Two, she is self-righteous, which comes out as she shares with you all the people that she dislikes. Number three, she's highly competitive, which allows her to maintain an air of superiority. Number four, she primarily talks about herself, her successes and accomplishments. Number five, she has little compassion for others. Number six, she must be the center of attention you can learn these things by just spending time with her. Out of the people's mouths will come their hearts, and that's what you will see. And with a biblical uh, hermeneutic, a way of interpreting what she is doing and the way she behaves, you'll have a clear assessment of who she is, and DIS could never do this. She takes the air out of the room with her non-stop talking. Talking keeps her in control, and being in control is one of her most entangling heart idolatries. Also, she is angry, which comes out in her hypercriticalness of others. Two more. She is insecure, which she compensates and sues by maintaining a high GPA. And finally, she is emotionally reactive if you do not do things her way. Disagreeing with her feels threatening to her. Some of her underlying heart idolatries are control, comfort, detestation for weakness, craving for strength and power, fear, guilt, shame, unbelief, anger, and self-righteousness. These are some of the things that are working inside her soul. There is no way DIS could bring this kind of insight about a person which begs the question for the test givers and the test takers. Do you want to know the person? Or are you looking for a quick and easy pragmatic solution because you have a lot to do and you need to fill a job slot? It's much smarter to never hire the wrong person than to hire them only to have to figure out how to fire them later. Only God's Word can bring this kind of depth and insight about a person while sculpting out a plan to be transformed into something better than a dominant personality trait. And the remarkable thing is that it does not take a lot of time or special intelligence to discern these things about people. The Bible, indeed, has given us all that we need. If this teenager is not discipled into Christ-like transformation, she will, she will be satisfied and affirmed by DISC. She will secure an outstanding college education with a high GPA, and those things will make her appear to be the perfect hire. Shortly after her tenure ensues, she will begin to alienate her office workers and team chemistry will vaporize. This case study is one of the things I appreciate about our training program, our mastermind online training program. We go deeper than DISC. We teach our students how to understand human psychology truly. They become what the word psychology means, students of the soul, as they learn how to filter people through the grid of scriptures to understand them so that they can help them toward transformation from the inside out. It is a dangerous thing to take the external measure of a person as the thing you are banking on and then place them in an environment based on those external assessment methods. Christian, we have a better way. There is nothing more insightful than a spirit-illuminated person who can filter themselves and others through the grid of scriptures. The God who made us gives us His kind of insight through His Word so that we can understand ourselves and others the way we need to be understood. DISC, on its best day, can only scratch the surface. The title of this podcast is The Shallowness and Incompleteness of the DISC Model. If you want to talk to me about this or anything else, talk to our team, me and our team, then all you have to do is go on our forums and and ask, we, we answer questions all day long, and we would love to answer yours as well. Go to rickthomas.net. But let me finish with a caveat here. I am aware that in the corporate world and some church environments, you don't have the time, or maybe you don't have the resources, or perhaps you don't have the skills to learn a person in the way that you need to for a smart hire. And in those cases, the assessments are seemingly all they have I can only caution you to proceed with wisdom while trying to learn more effective ways to hire and promote individuals. So I hope that this podcast and the article and and the other five articles that are linked inside this one, I I hope it provokes you to think well and to want to learn more, and if we can assist you, if you're interested in our training or any other way that we can help you, just ask. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.